Hello, and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dolman. Today, I am once again joined virtually over Zoom with Scott Stevens, the County Administrator. Welcome, Scott. Well, hello, Renee. It's nice to get this started. We we normally see each other, but we're normally uh, maybe a little more ready to go. So uh, <laughs> it'll be an interesting podcast. Okay, well, I think by the end of all of this, we are going to have this down pat where uh, the microphones work and the speakers work and... No Just, doubt. I'm sure we had it in pretty good before all of this, but we're getting better each time. So. That's right. That's right. So lots going on. It's been about a month, I guess, since we have had you. So fill us in. What's the Board of Supervisors up to? Well, you know, first, I do want to recognize uh, we welcomed in fall this week. And oh, that's true. It feels like fall. And so I, I hope everybody's enjoying the change of seasons. And I, you know, I, I do come to appreciate all four seasons, fall, winter, spring, and summer. Uh, as I've shared before, I do like the warm weather a little better, but 70 and 80 degree days and 50 degree nights, they're pretty good too. So uh, just encourage people to enjoy what's here and get outside and enjoy that. We're still in the midst of hurricane season. It's sort of hard to believe that. I know we've been into a lot of named storms, at least tropical storms. We're back in the, a different alphabet today, trying to have new names. And uh, I hope we are spared that here locally, but just as a reminder to the community, we should always be uh, prepared. And I know you've covered that very well in some other podcasts of how to do that, but we just need to be able to take care of ourselves and our family for uh, three to seven days for any event that might occur, hurricane or otherwise. So just to keep people sort of aware of that. Now and you mentioned, I'm going to interrupt because you mentioned names and this was my gear. You noticed that, right? There was a I don't know, did it become a hurricane, Renee? But it was perfect because it was just a fish storm and it spun around out there in the Atlantic and it went away. Just what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> it was just what you would do or do, is spin around and go oh, away? Okay, well, yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah, anyway, I missed that, but thanks for pointing <laughs> yeah, that out. Yeah, not a problem. Um, and I think, you know, just as I'll probably begin and end, just a reminder about COVID and the importance of all of us continuing to wear a mask and social distance and wash our hands and just be vigilant. Uh, really, our numbers are much, much better in the peninsula. Renee, I think you shared with me today that our positivity rate uh, is at 3.5%. That's below the state average of about 5%. Uh, it's much lower than we've been in the last several months. So I think that really is good for the Peninsula Health District. And it really is incumbent upon all of us to try to limit that. So I just want to remind uh, all of our listeners to... Um, to not be panicked, but to be reasonable and take precautions and do the things that our health officials are asking. You know, we've put a lot in place with our county workforce and with almost a thousand employees. Oh, we have had a few cases of COVID in the workplace. They have been very few. Uh, some of that's lucky, uh, but some of it is, is the things we put in place and our employees taking it seriously. And we all have to be reminded sometimes that it's still serious. And so uh, my, my ask of our community and our listeners is to just remember it's still serious and to, to be reasonable in taking good precautions so it doesn't uh, get worse for us. And so maybe that's enough on that. We hear uh, changing guidance uh, regularly and we all are sort of getting used to trying to do whatever the latest thing is. But I do appreciate everyone's willingness to, to, to be uh, uh, good for all their neighbors. Um, we do typically cover Board of Supervisors meeting. Again, the board did not meet in August, but they did meet three times in September. Uh, their first meeting in September really was in early, I believe, of September 1st. There was one item on the agenda. It was the establishing of a vote center and Office of the Registrar, which turned out to be we held a public hearing, and the Office of the Registrar and Vote Center were established at the James City County Recreation Center. Uh, and that is or has become now uh, 
the absentee voting in person site. So you can do that at the uh, vote center. Uh, they are open eight to five, Monday through Friday, a team of volunteers there along with our registrar and her staff, uh, eight to five, Monday through Friday. And then they do vote the last two Saturdays in October, uh, the 24th and 31st from eight to five. And there have been a good steady stream of people, very uh, complimentary from a lot of uh, residents who have come through. So if, you, if you're not sure or you wonder if you should, it's very similar to going to your polling place. You go in and you, you pick up your ballot and you go fill it out and you put it in the machine yourself and you leave and then your vote is, will be there and ready for um, after election day in terms of the tallying of all that. So uh, I would just encourage people to, to come do that. And there are a lot of information, a lot of changes with this year's uh, voting and I won't get into the details of that except to mention the vote center is there and our board of supervisors did approve that. Uh, their uh, September 8th meeting was a regularly scheduled meeting for the Board of Supervisors. We did have an employee retirement. Uh, Mr. Dwight Brooks uh, had been one of our uh, janitorial custodian staff, primarily at the Recreation Center. Um, you know, I met Dwight because I was a racquetball player, or I guess still am. I just haven't played in a while. Um, but what I knew early on is he was nice to everybody. Before he knew I was a county administrator, he was nice. And, you know, I watched him at my visits to the Recreation Center, and he was nice to everybody. And so I just want to wish him a long and happy retirement. And just um, uh, we have a lot of great folks working here, and it's nice to be able to recognize them. And I want to thank uh, Mr. Brooks for letting us recognize his service to the county. Uh, we had our volunteers that work on our Clean County Commission uh, do their annual report to the Board of Supervisors at the September meeting. Uh, we also had to, uh, on our consent agenda for the board over $400,000 in grants through various departments. Uh, and I, some of those are routine and regular and some of those are our staff being aggressive and looking for funding opportunities. But I want the community to know we're always looking. That's not to say we always get them or we always qualify or we're always successful, but we have a lot of people in many departments looking for ways to stretch our dollar further or to fund programs that may be innovative or different. Uh, and I do think it's very successful. We, we bring in millions and millions of dollars in grant funds that otherwise we might have to provide locally. So I think it just speaks very well to your staff that's working here. Uh, in addition to that, we did receive our other allotment of CARES money, $6.67 million, our second distribution of federal money that came through the state and then came to the locality. Uh, the board did uh, accept that and appropriate that uh, at their meeting September 8th. And then we have, uh, we also awarded a contract to replace our 911 dispatch center uh, consoles. Uh, it'll set it up so it's safer. We'll spread our uh, employees there further apart. Uh, we'll have some new technology. Instead of us sharing a computer mouse or computer keyboards, we'll have our own. And so it's those things of trying to help uh, combat the spread of COVID, but it will help with any um, virus that's out there, whether it's the normal cold and flu. So hopefully a lot of these changes we're putting in place uh, for COVID related items will help us long-term going forward with less sickness in the workplace period. And so I think a lot of the improvements, both things, changes to buildings for the public's interaction with us and at our 911 center uh, will be good for us for the long-term. Held a number of public hearings in September. One uh, was metal detecting. Uh, we changed, or the board changed the ordinance to allow metal detecting primarily on Jamestown Beach without supervision. Uh, last January, we ran a few months of that. It was just uh, up until beach season started. So there were a few months up until May where those that are uh, enjoying metal detecting were allowed to on Jamestown Beach. After some conversations, a community meeting, and a lot of concern from the archeological community about what might happen. And again, recognizing the risk was low, but what might happen uh, if something was discovered and not properly categorized or cared for, 
uh, the board has gone back and we changed it or they changed the ordinance back that no longer allows uh, people to go out and just um, do metal detecting on Jamestown Beach by themselves. Uh, any any uh, metal detecting on county property has to be under the supervision of county staff and or a certified archaeologist. And so if you have questions on that, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, John Carnifax and Parks and Rec is really the lead on that since most of our property of interest falls under Parks and Recreation. Um, but again, a, a pretty big issue for many in our community and we certainly don't want to take away from historic artifacts and the uh, ruining them or not having them there to be discovered and preserved for future generations. Uh, we also have had discussion on beekeeping. We are in residential areas and so we are moving forward with those kinds of uh, activities and so more to come on that. And then we also had um, some enhanced ability for our code enforcement folks to better address concerns with inoperative vehicles. Had some discussion in July and a public hearing and some action by the board to give us a little more authority. We're still limited but at least some more authority to help with um, things that become last order neighbors and really are uh, unregistered uh, vehicles. At their September 22nd work session, uh, the board had uh, a lot of information on the agenda. Uh, they did approve a performance contract extension with Colonial Behavioral Health, which provides mental health services in our community. Um, they heard a presentation on the future for Colonial Behavioral Health and Old Town Medical Dental Center. We've had a lot of conversation about uh, integrated care where one facility can do both mental health and physical health. Uh, that seems to be a, uh, at least a prevailing or a model that's seen as a good model going forward. Some communities or some health organizations are doing that. Colonial Behavioral Health has a strong desire to do that. Old Town Medical and Dental may be a good partner in that. And so the Williamsburg Health Foundation had provided funding to the county for us to hire a consultant and um, sort of evaluate options. Should they stay independent organizations? Could they co-locate uh, or should they merge? The recommendation for from the consultant was that they should merge. That brings the most efficiencies, the most opportunity for better service to um, the clients or the customers they serve. And so it really goes back. We share that with the Board of Supervisors because we are a big funder both in Old Town and Colonial Behavioral Health. But it really goes back to those two agencies boards for discussion and determination. And my hope is that they will at least look at the study um, and take its recommendation to discuss it. Uh, they may spend three to six months really trying to work through the issues or details and it just doesn't make sense, but I hope that they will at least be open to that conversation. So um, a lot going on with that. It's pretty complex. Um, but the study certainly helped me and I want to thank the Health Foundation and all our stakeholders who are involved from Colonial Behavioral Health to Old Town Medical Dental to the localities. And I do think we've got a good report that at least provide information for the boards to talk through and the meeting Colonial Behavioral Health and uh, Old Town Medical Dental Center boards. The county had also been working on a space needs study for quite a long time. It seems like about a year and a half. Uh, our study uh, was presented to the Board of Supervisors where they went through and evaluated all of our buildings, uh, particularly our office space, um, about what we need today based on the community we're serving and square footages, what we have and what we would need 20 years from now. And so a lot of detail in that uh, study, Mosley Architects completed it for us. Tony Bell presented the information to the board. And the basic, uh, I guess, uh, outcome is we currently have about 320,000 square feet of building space, office space. Uh, today, the study would say we need an additional 140,000 square feet, which is pretty significant. Uh, it would say in 2040 compared to today, we need about 200,000. And so, uh, and again, these are spread across a dozen or more buildings. So it's not any one location, it's spread out. 
But the next step is really a facilities master planning where somebody would come in and determine, do we keep the government center in a place where it has six or seven buildings or do you, you build one building here or do you do something else? And so those steps, I think the board has a strong interest in pursuing. We will uh, work towards that and likely start that process in the next six months. Uh, if the board approves funding and, and authorizes us to move forward with that. But I think it does provide good information. It does say our staff, at least some, are, are pretty tight in their office spaces and that we do need to do some things to spread us out so that we can better serve a community. And I think it makes sense, you know, as we look at population growth for James, growth for James City County, uh, we're still projecting pretty good steady growth over the next 20 years. So the idea that your county facilities would need to grow with that so our staff can continue to serve you at the same level or better makes sense to me. And so we'll have more conversation because that does come with a price tag of building buildings and those kinds of things. And um, no final decisions other than I think we'll move to the next step and we'll know that in the coming months. Hey, Scott. Did I yes. miss the opportunity to request a studio? Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, this week in James City County studio, just just dropping it out there. Uh, you know, I think the studio you have works pretty well. You wouldn't call what you have a studio yet? <laughs> well, of course it's a studio. It's where it all began, I mean, I guess, so. Well, and we have plenty of offices that used to be uh, closets and those kinds. That is true. So, uh, I don't think you've missed your opportunity yet, Renee, but it wasn't exactly put into the space needs. Stuff. Okay. All right. It's a study. It's a guide and we can adjust accordingly. So again, more to come on that. Okay. Very good. Um, anyway, get me off track. Renee. Sorry. Um, the, the other thing that uh, the board heard at their work session was a financial update. It was really predicated for our current fiscal year, uh, but our FMS director, Sharon Day, uh, started with last year and the discussion was really about 50-50 on how last year ended uh, versus how this year is trending. I would tell you the news, in my opinion, is good on both ends. Uh, we did ask county departments at the end of FY20, which was June 30th for us, and where COVID really came in play in, in mid-March, we asked our departments to reduce their spending, and they did uh, fairly significantly. And so between departments reduction in spending, revenues coming in a little better than maybe we had thought they would with the COVID environment, we finished that part of the year about $6 million to the good, meaning we put $6 million or, uh, back into our savings. Uh, so that's good. As we get into the school system was doing the very same thing. They saved about $5 million or, or getting close to five, five and a half million. We have reallocated two million in their current year budget. So that reduces that number to about three and a half. They are asking for another almost a million dollars for this year, some needs that they've identified. Our board has not yet approved that. But if you take that out, that's still two and a half million dollars from the school system uh, surplus from the uh, last fiscal year that should come back to the county. And then the CARES funding, we did see receive one allocation in June and then one in August. The one in June is last fiscal year of almost 6.7 million. We had spent about $3 million of that for CARES-related items. And then there's uh, been an interpretation really across the state and beyond that you, public safety salaries, uh, you can presume that they were doing COVID-related activities. And many of them were. And so it's made from an administrative standpoint a much easier accounting for public safety's involvement in the COVID response. But that has allowed us to apply about three or $4 million of CARES funding uh, towards our, some of our costs last year. And so that helps us end last year with a little more than a $12 million uh, addition to our savings. So I think we finished the year very well. 
uh, due to our efforts, the school board's efforts, and also the CARES funding that helps. So I feel very comfortable where last year ended. With that, I will likely come back to the board and try to refund some of the items that were in fiscal year 21 that we had cut out of the county budget, um, and, you know, in the tune of probably a couple million dollars of that 12 million. Uh, we'll probably come to the board late October. Uh, as many of the departments have shared, while we, they've adopted an FY21 budget, they're living within what is allocated. Uh, there's some things that they cut that they really felt like we should put back in to serve the community. And so uh, that list will come, I think, before the board at the end of October. So as we get into FY21, and I'm not gonna get too deep into numbers, as I said, this presentation is out there, and if, if uh, the community's interested, uh, they can see the numbers. But the news is really, I think, pretty good. Um, we're uh, three months in, so you would think at three months we'd have a really good indication of what's going on. But sales tax, which is our primary floater outside of property tax, sales tax is our next biggest revenue, uh, really lags two to three months. So I don't have much of, of current year how sales tax are trending. But in general, uh, the monies we've gotten for sales tax that have been pushed back now to June 30th because of the way accounting works have been better than we anticipated. And sales tax is a big number. So that big revenue is trending a little better. The meals and lodging taxes, unfortunately, are trending a little worse. Uh, they're a smaller number overall, so their impact's not as great on the county budget. Uh, but between the two, where we're projecting to have a budget that would be 10% less, we're trending uh, really revenue-wise at about 9% less. So we're better than budget, which I think speaks well. And we are going to provide a monthly uh, report to the board and then regular reports at their work session that would sort of keep the community and the board up to date on how things are trending. But as of today, we finished last year very well in terms of adding money to our savings. Uh, I think that must provide some flexibility for the county in refunding some of the things that we cut out of our FY21 budget. And FY21, at least with some limited data, is trending very well. And it appears that uh, people are at, back out buying and spending across uh, the state and our community as well. So I hope that news on sales tax and the meals and lodging will improve as well. So we'll see. All right. I confused you enough with numbers there or conversation around that, Renee? Uh, there's quite a few numbers there, but it all sounds pretty good. So I think the, 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 at least for me, I'm very uh, cautiously optimistic at this point okay. about how the year is trending and we'll continue to monitor it. Ms. Day and I are both much more involved in approval limits, purchase orders than we might otherwise be, just trying to make sure that we don't let our spending get ahead of our revenues. And right. we're very aware of that. Uh, in terms of a few other items with the board's work session, they did approve the, the changing of a part-time accounting position to a full-time accounting position. Uh, they did appropriate funds received from fees collected related to our child care services. We are our ReConnect program. We have extended it to a day long program. Uh, we had not ac accounted for as, as large an income. And so those fees they did uh, appropriate. Um, and then we did have a communication overview with Latura Rouse where she said very good things about you and the rest of the staff and Andrea uh, in working with her in terms of what you do. And if you go back and watch that, you, uh, your staff together really puts out an awful lot of information to the community and recognizing we don't control the press. You know, I think sometimes I hear, well, this article is in the paper. You ought to put that article in the paper. Um, we don't control what our newspapers uh, choose to write. Uh, we do have input and they do talk to us a lot when they're when they are pursuing a story. And I think by and large, they do a good job, mm -hmm. but we don't control what they write about. And so right. that's one of those things that we do control our news releases and our Twitter, or twi I guess our tweets and yep. our website yep. uh, and those kinds of things. And I think our staff uh, does a really good job 
doing that. So I would just encourage uh, those that want to know what's going on to get, get plugged in, find our website, find our Facebook, whatever works best for you, or let us know if there's some other platform or opportunity for that. You know, the phone still works for me and email still works for me. If that's the best for you, I'm happy to try to work through that as well. But again, I just wanted to give kudos to communication. The board seemed very pleased with that. And then some ideas uh, that Ms. Rouse had for going forward in terms of communication. Uh, with COVID and uh, beyond COVID. So more to come on that, but. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty awesome. So it's good to hear that, you know. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> from my standpoint, pretty awesome. I hope the community uh, believes that, or if they feel we could do better, we'll share that with us as well. We're always open to. Absolutely. Um, I guess just a few other things outside of uh, board action. Again, we spent an awful lot of time to your point. We talked earlier, we talk about COVID still a lot. Uh, we've talked about voting an awful lot, which is why I didn't get too deep into that this time. But there are other things going on uh, from stormwater projects. We have uh, uh, started the work at our Chickahominy Riverfront Park that was awarded, I think, back in July. But the work is ongoing. So if you if you haven't been out to the park in a while and you want to see what's going on, it's really from the boat ramp. If you face the boat ramp to the left, the riverfront will look very different. Some of it will open up where you can see the river a little better. Uh, the intent was to stabilize the shoreline to make it so it's not eroding away and losing sediments. Uh, it's a project that comes almost all the way, well, really from the boat ramp all the way around to the fishing pier uh, and will extend over the next many months. So I would encourage you if you just want to ride out and see what's going on, there's something close by to ride out and see a change and really a positive change occurring. Another project we have talked about an awful lot is the marina project. We have several phases of work to be done there. Uh, we bid phase one uh, last winter. Our price was above budget. We had hoped that we could, uh, talking with our consultants, that we could delay and give contractors a little more time, generate a little more interest, uh, and maybe generate a better price. Well, we did generate more interest. We didn't generate a better price, at least not yet. So we're working uh, with our low bid in that project to see, can we get it back to a point that it's closer to our $3 million budget that would basically go in and uh, make the entranceway into the marina, which are some uh, rented slips, I think about 30 or 40 rented slips, but are primarily the public space. The, the boat ramp itself doesn't get replaced, but all the dockage around it does. Uh, the fuel tank gets moved from within the floodplain up the hill, and then you have a fuel dock that is less environmentally sensitive. It separates the kayakers from the main boat basin by moving them over into another uh, finger. So it sort of gets them out of that boat traffic and it dredges the basin, uh, the majority of the basin. It doesn't dredge where the covered boat storage is because that's a future project. But they're all, most of the marina work in this phase one are things that I think the community as a whole would benefit from uh, and not just a few slip holders, although there are a few that would benefit the, the big part of the benefit are making the lighting, the sidewalk, the paving, uh, the boating access better for our community. And uh, the times I've been down there, it seems to be a very active place from those that are renting kayaks or putting in their own or putting in their boats. Um, it's just a, a very nice amenity within our community. It's something that I think we do need to reinvest in. So we're trying to get that price down to where that will make sense. Um, and then we've talked on a number of years about a growth convenience center. Uh, we have now purchased that land. So we own the site on Route 60 beside Fire Station 2. We do have a group of emerging leaders that are within our organization, James City of York, that are working together and have chosen that project as one for there to uh, provide some public input. And so they're working on some ways to do that. And we have had a consultant that's doing some schematic layouts, just some very high level look at what might work on the site, whether we do the site independently of just the acreage by itself, or do we combine it with the fire station two site 
and is there a way that would make it uh, better useful for our community? So uh, more to come on that sooner than later, I hope, but I wanna let you know those projects are out there uh, and I think are really good things we've talked about a long time that are moving forward in spite of COVID and in spite of elections and in spite of all the other things that we talk an awful lot about within our community. So. Um, the final thing might be the next sort of controversial item for us, and it's really uh, Halloween, and do we allow it or do we not? And uh, I will say I was on a conference call with the other Hampton Roads uh, chief administrative officers, whether city managers or county administrators, and the overall consensus from most of us is that we would not uh, try to stop Halloween. We would try to provide good guidance. I know the CDC put out guidance in the past several days that I received, the Department, Virginia Department of Health has sort of added on to that. And then I know we, Renee, put out some information that sort of helps people have an idea of the times that we would suggest. And uh, so I think Halloween will move forward. Again, that's not a final decision, but I believe it will this year based on all the indicators that are out there. Uh, you do need to take some precautions. The door-to-door -door trick-or-treating is one of the higher hazard areas. And if you're gonna do that, there's some things that as those participating in the households that have been uh, that you ought to figure out a better way to distribute candy than have everybody put their hand in a bucket. So uh, we will be sharing those kind of guidance and guidelines from our end of what we would recommend to you and then uh, hope folks will take heed of that and enjoy the holiday, but also uh, be safe and uh, not just walking in the streets at night, but also in, in the masking and in this COVID environment of trying not to pass on a virus uh, from a fun event. So more to come on that, but I didn't want to see you today or talk with you today and not to at least tell you that we are talking about that and thinking about that and there'll be some guidance out pretty soon. Well, and I think it would be really easy to incorporate our masks, you know, that we wear into your costume. So you could be Superman during COVID or you could be a witch during COVID and it's just, you know, it's part of the costume. I am sure there'll be some creative ways and I know just even locally we've seen folks that are using some uh, PVC pipe and they're sliding the candy, candy <laughs> right. down the, the rail. I think that's at least better than everybody putting their hand in the bucket. I've seen another that had a rope that carried the, on a rope thing would carry it out to the street. And, you know, if, if you're a household that's concerned with participating in Halloween or having folks come up to your porch, then I think this year you leave your light off. That's yeah. usually a, a good sign that you're not a participating household. And uh, while I, you know, sort of hate that for the kids who are excited about it, I certainly understand that and want all of us to be as comfortable through this event as we can and uh, safe as well. So. Right, and we should probably not suggest folks use slingshots, right? Um, I In think terms not. Okay. Folks will come up. We probably don't suggest a lot of these other alternatives, <laughs> but I do know there's creative uh, members of our community um, that will come up with some ideas that we haven't thought of. And so uh, we'll just ask everybody to, to be safe, be reasonable and look out for one another. And I guess, you know, for in closing for me, Renee, I would just remind us COVID still here. It's the virus is just as significant today as it was in March. I think most of us were a little more afraid of it in March. We've had it around for you know, a period of time now where our comfort level have grown. Um, uh, it seems the masking and the social distancing is helping. And so I would just encourage all of us to continue to be uh, vigilant that I've got these more of these masks than I can ever, I would have said a year ago, I'd never wear a mask like this. Um, I have gotten, so I'm wearing them when I'm in public. And again, it's not so much about protecting me. It's the mask is designed that if I happen to be a carrier to protect you. And I do think that's a reasonable thing to ask uh, of our community um, to help protect one another. That's what the medical experts are telling us. Scott doesn't know. I, I have to rely on their information. Um, but I certainly like the trend in terms of the positivity rate. 
Uh, I certainly, our case counts are still um, what they are, but they're better than they were in the beginning. And so I just uh, want us all to continue to be vigilant, both county staff and our residents. So with that, I'll turn it over to you, Renee. And if you're done with questions, that would be great. If you've got one <laughs> or two, that would be great as well. Well, I haven't really dusted off our three questions. I should do that because we're now getting back to normal. But what new things have you been doing to stay busy since, I guess, the last time, since August? Are you doing anything new or just more of the same? And not, not work-wise, but, you know, personal. Because <laughs> well, there's, there's enough to keep you busy work-wise. You know, I've continued to all I've always been outdoor some and walking mm -hmm. some. As I mentioned earlier, racquetball sort of shut down uh, springtime, so we haven't played racquetball in a long time. I've done a lot of walking. I think that's not a bad thing. Done mm -hmm. a very little bit of bicycling. I could do more of that. Um, I did have an opportunity to, to go camping over uh, last weekend out at our Chickahominy uh, Riverfront Park. I will have to say that was a, a very pleasant experience. So Weather-wise, it was perfect. The bugs weren't there. It was cool sleeping at night, uh, and the park was full of people, but in the campsites, you there was never a grouping that felt uncomfortable. And so uh, I guess that for me was a not a new experience, but just something I don't do quite as often. And uh, Monique, uh, my other half had mentioned maybe renting a, a trailer. And, and I said, you know, we have a tent. We have all the stuff. So I talked her into uh, uh, being out there in a tent. And uh, I think she, we, she enjoyed the evening. And um, so, again, it was a great experience. So that's probably my different thing over the past month or so. So All right. Well, very good. Okay, well, I, I guess that's it for today, unless you have something else. No, I think that's enough for me this time. So thank okay. you, Renee. All right, thank you, Scott, and we'll see you next month. I look forward to it. Yeah. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please subscribe. That way you will never miss an episode. And go to our website. We're at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And while there, you're going to be able to find all of our episodes as well as a form. You can complete, give us show ideas, critiques, comments. We would love to hear from you. So once again, thank you so much. And we will talk with you next week.